You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. And we hear now the gospel reading for this Sunday recorded in Luke chapter 24. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Why are you troubled? I mean, really, why are you troubled? Was the question that Jesus asked his disciples. It's the same question he asks all of us here today. Why are you troubled? Really, it's an easy question to give an answer to. Why am I troubled, Jesus? I mean, you of all people should know why I am troubled. You know why I'm worried about tomorrow. You know why I'm afraid. You know why I'm afraid and and filled with with fear because you know that I'm, I'm worried about the aches and pains in my body and how I think that there might be a greater medical issue here that I'm not yet aware. You know how we're having trouble making ends meet Jesus. You know why I'm lonely. You know how we're a little unsettled right now because we don't know where we're going to be living three months, six months, a year from now. Jesus, you know how I continue to be bothered by some of the things I've done in the past. Jesus, you know all these things, so why do you even have to ask? And then right away he asks us a second question. But why do doubts rise in your minds? Why do doubts rise in your minds? I have told you time and time again that I will take care of you. I have told you time and time again that I'll never, ever leave you. So why do doubts rise in your minds? 
Growing up, the, the way I always envisioned Jesus asking that question of his disciples was with a little comforting, reassuring smile on his face. Why are you troubled? I mean, really, why? Why, why do doubts rise in your minds? But Mark, the other gospel writer, also records of this event, and this is what he says about it. When Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating, he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. As it turns out, even if Jesus didn't raise his voice in speaking to the disciples, he did rebuke them. Even if he didn't raise his voice with them, there most certainly had to almost have been a little tone of disappointment in his questions. Why? Why? To some degree, it's easy for us to relate to those disciples. They had just seen Jesus dead on the cross, and now he's standing there before their very eyes. True, this all happened just as Jesus said it would happen, but now that it's playing out before their very eyes, they were filled with questions and doubts and fears. To a certain extent, we can understand how they were experiencing those things. We can relate to that, but we cannot excuse them for it. Nor can we ever make excuses for ourselves if we're ever filled with the same fears, doubts, questions. Jesus' rebuke to his disciples is the same rebuke to you and to me. Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Fortunately for the disciples and us, Jesus didn't just come to rebuke them, to make them feel worse or more guilty than they already felt. In an act of love, he came to give them more evidence than the fact that he was standing in the room with them. Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. Which is great that he did that for them. But one can imagine sometime down the road that their doubts would have crept back in and they would have concluded that maybe their mind was playing tricks on them in those days after Jesus rose from the dead. And so yet in another act of love, Jesus does this for them. He asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Jesus did not do that because he was hungry. Jesus did that because he loved his disciples. And he wanted them to be filled with confidence in him. They wanted he wanted them to know that the same Jesus they saw dying and dead on the cross is the same exact Jesus they now saw standing with them in that room, eating with them. Jesus wanted their hearts and lives to be filled with confidence in him as their crucified and risen Lord. Confidence. Maybe that's the one thing you feel you just need your life to be filled with is confidence. And the way for that to happen is if Jesus appeared here today. I can relate to that. 
Some of you uh, were here last week and you saw that my brother was here. It was a surprise to me. I had no idea he was coming. Then one day, a couple weeks ago, he, he texted me and said, guess what? We're in San Diego. And I replied, guess what? I don't believe you. He said, no, really, we're, we're here. And I said, well, send me a picture to prove it. And he sent me a picture of a, a street sign to show exactly where he was. Still, I didn't believe him. He's kind of a practical joker. So I took that picture that he sent and I tried to Google it to find that it was taken by someone else. But it was him who took it. He was really here. After I saw him, I could deny it no longer. I could not stubbornly refuse to believe him any longer. Just as Jesus was really in that room with his disciples. But maybe you feel that that's what you need to really be filled with confidence is Jesus' appearance here today. But it wasn't primarily Jesus' appearance to his disciples that filled them with confidence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Everything must be fulfilled in me. And I really don't know how else to do this other than to read to you some Old Testament references and you make the connection to someone. Isaiah 7 verse 14. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel. Micah 5 verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Zechariah 9 verse 9. Your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey. And okay, just for the sake of time, not references, but just examples. He would be rejected by his own. A friend would betray him for 30 pieces of silver. His garments would be divided and people would cast lots for his clothing. He would be pierced. None of his bones would be broken. He'd be raised from the dead. I could keep going, giving reference after reference after reference of prophecies made about the Savior hundreds of years before he was born. And Jesus said to his disciples, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Sure, Jesus' appearance to them helped. But the thing that finally led them to be filled with confidence was his word. As he started out by sharing with them Old Testament prophecies and how he connected the dots from those prophecies to their fulfillment in him. It's the word that filled the disciples with confidence. Which is why it never gets old coming here. And almost every time you, you, you come here, for an occasion like this, we're going to have as a part of our service 
An Old Testament reading followed by a New Testament reading. Part of the service are going to be some of the prophecies of the Old Testament followed by their fulfillment in the New Testament. And oh, how that fills our hearts and lives with confidence to see that again and again and again. Jesus is the fulfillment. Time and time again, I do have to admit, growing up, there were times when I went to church and thought in my head, here we go again. Nothing new today. Same old, same old. The more I have grown up, the more I realize we wouldn't want it any other way. That's what I need. I need to be filled with that confidence, as we all do. Because listen to the questions Jesus asks us again. Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? The answer is very simple. The real answer to those questions is because we have lacked faith and confidence in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It stings to hear that. As it stings me to have to say that here this morning. The real answer to those questions, why are you troubled? Why are you filled with doubts? The the real answer is we are sinners, every single one of us. But the good news, Jesus is still the Savior of every one of us. The very same powerful words that he spoke to his disciples to open their minds and to be filled with confidence are the same words he speaks to us not only to forgive us, but to encourage us and to fill us with confidence in him too. Confidence. In Mark chapter 9, we're introduced to a man who was lacking some confidence. He was a man whose son Jesus was going to heal. And and this man says something very strange, at least to my ears. He said to Jesus, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. He believed, but he still lacked confidence. By God's grace and power, we believe too, and yet there are moments where the doubts, the questions, the fears creep in. We're lacking confidence. That man's prayer is a really good prayer for us too, isn't it? I do believe, Lord. Help me overcome my unbelief. As we have seen the last few weeks, life is not empty for any one of us because Jesus' grave is empty. Life is not empty because our life is filled with peace. And today we are reminded that life doesn't have to be empty because it can be filled with confidence. But unlike how our lives are not empty because Jesus' grave is, which, which happened just like that after three days, unlike the peace of God which is already ours in Christ Jesus, confidence is a little bit different than the other two. Confidence is something that is built over time. There's a reason that some of the most incredible statements of faith I've ever heard in my entire life are from those who are 70, 80, 90 years old, dying in a hospital. They have had years 
decades, some almost an entire century or more of hearing Old Testament prophecies followed by their New Testament fulfillment. Confidence is something that is built over time. That's why we keep coming back here to give God the opportunity to fill our hearts and lives with more confidence than we already have. Because what he did for the disciples, he also does for us here. He opens our minds so that we can understand the scriptures. That he did die. That he did rise from the dead. That repentance and forgiveness of sins has been preached in his name, the only name that saves. And it's a culmination of all those things that leads us and fills us with confidence. Such confidence that we can declare, we can sing loudly, I know that my Redeemer lives. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.